Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of the BMW Life. That's boss life, mom life, wife life. And I am your host, Serena Moore Thomas, destroyer of comfort zones, speaker, author, entrepreneur, homeschooling mama, yeah, doing a little bit of this and a little bit of that. But guess what? I want to show you how to find your rhythm, how to discover your God-given purpose, and how to do this thing called life with less grind, girl, and more grace. I promise you, you are in for a treat. Grab your notebook, something to write with, and let's get into it. So here we go. Welcome to our homeschooling series this month. Really excited about the opportunity to share all about our homeschooling journey, answer a lot of your questions. Um, here's what you can expect. I'll be sharing one, like how we got started with homeschooling, and I'll be sharing about different types of homeschooling because there are so many. We will be discussing uh, raising kidpreneurs, entrepreneurs, right? Your children as entrepreneurs. We will also discuss things like, um, you know, how to have the conversation with your spouse if they are not fully sold on the idea of homeschooling and um, just a whole lot of good stuff. You just need to stay tuned. Um, I'll be dropping episodes all month long uh, pertaining to, to homeschooling. So in this episode, though, this one is a little bit longer than the others because I kind of go through our whole story, how we uh, started and some of the things that we faced um, that helped us to make the decision to homeschool years ago. And um, so it's a little bit longer. All the other episodes after this one will be more um, uh, questions and answers or subject specific. Okay. Either way, you're going to enjoy it all. I can't wait to read your review. Please be sure to submit any questions that you have um, to us, right? Go over to the Facebook group. We have a private, we have a public Facebook group just for those that listen to the BMW Life podcast. So you can always jump over there and ask any questions that you have. I pray that this will encourage, empower, and inspire you today. Enjoy. So as I said, I'm really excited to be sharing this um, this series during the month of August, and um, I pray that this will be a blessing to you, a certainly encouraging to you. So let's start here. Um, like I said, I've shared this story. I've shared how we started homeschooling a couple times um, in, a, in a few different episodes, but I'll start there because that's usually the question you get, like, how did you start homeschooling? And so here goes. Uh, my son, so I have four children all together, right? I have two uh, daughters that are 21 years old, twins. Um, they are 21. One is a senior in high, in uh, a senior in college, actually. She's going into her last year of college. And um, I have a nine-year-old, right? And then I have a six-year-old. So we have four children and they range in age, right? The twins were, um, they both went through public school education. So they were 
in, in public school the entire time. Now, um, I'll, I'll share some stuff with you about things that I did with them that I didn't realize was like, you know, very much homeschool behaviors. Like, so we did things like went to Huntington Learning Center. You know, I bought Hooked on Phonics and would work at home with one of my kids who, uh, one of the twins who really struggled with reading. So we bought Hooked on Phonics and I would work with her at home after work and do stuff with her because I just know she needed the extra support and help. Um, but I did not homeschool them at all. They graduated high school and um, that's that was their education. My nine-year-old um, I, so his, his story is a little different. I ended up becoming a stay at home mom. Um, after having him, I was on bed rest a long time. Uh, during the pregnancy, I ended up having him at 23. I ended up, um, having him at 25 weeks. My water broke at 23 weeks. So he was a micro preemie and, uh, he was in the hospital for more than three months. And I, uh, stayed home with him at that time I was already um, running a business I ended up resigning from the family business my father and my brother still run that business um, but I ended up resigning to 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 take care of my house right and to take care of my son and although he didn't have a whole lot of medical issues we did have to go through speech therapy and physical therapy and things like that to get him where he needed to be. And so I kind of got accustomed to staying home with him, being with him, taking him to his appointments and things like that. And at that time, I wasn't running the company anymore. So I had time to dedicate to, you know, mommy. And um, and so the twins were about maybe 12, 13 years old. And then we had him. And so I was working with him at home very early and I knew for sure that I did not have a regular kid on my hands like he was just really really intelligent and he would pick up things so fast so I would start working with him right when Bryson turned about four you know of course it's time to start thinking about kindergarten like everybody else four or five years old um start deciding on what school to go to and all that stuff so we did that we we had um my husband and i we found a uh, private christian school that i adored went to the open house i was in love it was just such a beautiful environment and i mean i just really loved it right so um i thought that that's where he was going to go now he did do some daycare and like pre-k and stuff like that so he he knew you know what it was to be in like a you know a preschool and so I thought for sure he was going to go to this Christian school long story short we got him into the school kindergarten right five years old he gets into kindergarten and no lie within the first week I was getting emails home saying things like, you know, Bryson's really tired. Let's, you know, make sure he gets good rest at night because he doesn't really want to participate. Or, you know, Bryson's like, you know, drumming on the tables, making a lot of noise. And um, Bryson really just wants to play at the centers and we're having a hard time keeping his attention. And I mean, literally, it was like the first week of school. So I'm thinking to myself, okay, he's five. He's never been in this building before. I'm sure that there is a period of adjusting, right? And so 
we would talk with Bryson and I remember and it hurts my heart now to even think about it but I remember like he would get home and we're like Bryson you got to behave you know you have to do what the teacher is telling you to do and you got to behave yourself and listen and da -da -da -da. you know we're giving him this long speech and he's looking at us like okay I think I guess I am listening um but anyhow he goes for another week or so and um <laughs> here's what happened they started to label him almost immediately now those of us that know um you know that are aware of this and I wasn't aware of this at that time but our young black boys are labeled um, more frequently than, you know, any other race of boys, you do understand, right? So we're quickly labeled ADHD. Um, we're quickly held back or put in um, classes that suggest that there's some kind of delay in learning or whatever, like more than any other race. And so he was being labeled immediately. And they even said, you know, I think we should consider putting him in pre-K, um, putting him back in pre-K because he just wants to play. He's really not interested in learning and that kind of thing. And I'm like, well, no, you know, we pray in, you know, a, a mortgage for him to go there and I'm not going to pay a mortgage for pre-K. And so um, a behavioral um, person, they asked if someone could come observe him. And I mean, listen, this uh, not even a full month of school. They all of this. <laughs> so they had the lady come observe and I was fine with it because he didn't have to get singled out. Right. So she was just looking at him and some of the other kids in the class is what they told me anyway. And so I was fine with it because I was curious as to what she was going to come back and tell me. And um, now I'm going to pause right there. OK, because during the summer before Bryson started kindergarten, I felt this urge to homeschool. I um, I started looking up homeschooling things all summer long. I did this like summer camp with the kids and um, I was buying curriculum. I was going to Ollie's and buying little things and my mom, um, my mom would go with me and I would pick up little things like, you know, if I work with him at home, I'm going to work on this and that. And I really, I, I, I didn't realize that God had placed that on my heart because one, nobody in my family that I know homeschools and we have a pretty large family. So homeschooling is not a thing that that's like a norm, right? So I had the urge to do it, but I was very afraid because I'm thinking like, I don't know what to do. I'm not a teacher. I'm not trying to be a teacher. You know, I don't know where to start. You know, what, what am I supposed to give to him? What about his friends? You know, I'm thinking about all the things the new homeschoolers think about, <laughs> right? So it was a lot of fear. It was a big decision. It was an unpopular decision. It's not like I had a whole lot of people saying, yeah, girl, homeschool. You know, the <laughs> I, I had people saying, are you sure you want to do that? You know, um, or what does that look like? Or what about his friends? Or what about, you know, who's going to teach him this? And uh, all of that. I had a lot of a lot of mixed um a mixed support. <laughs> I'll say that. Okay. So here we are now. I had this urge. I got scared. I went on ahead and enrolled him in school. And here we are having these issues in school. So the behavioral teacher, she, um, or the behavioral specialist or whatever, she, um, observes him and she calls me and beautiful 
spirit. I mean, she's just a beautiful little Christian woman. And she was like, hello, Serena. Just wanted to talk to you about Bryson. And she began to tell me what she observed. And she said, I'm going to tell you now that, um, you know, our school's a very traditional school environment. And she kept saying it's a traditional school environment. It's a traditional school environment. And she said it so much. I finally said, what does that mean? And she was like, well, what I'm saying is Bryson is extremely intelligent and he's very very mature she said he can articulate how he feels what he wants um it, i mean he's more interested in what the teachers are doing and talking about than what the kids are doing when it's playtime he's it just he's very imaginative he's so creative and here it is very traditional meaning we have math time science time you know reading time and everything is very structured and he's not really into it and not because he can't do it I think he's bored and um and I told her and she said I'm just gonna tell you the truth I just think he's bored you know um and but there's nothing you know behaviorally he's not he doesn't he's not misbehaving he's just in his own world and doing his own thing which is what we you know what you want him to do and I said okay I said well let me tell you this I, I felt like I think the Lord is telling me to homeschool but I've never thought about that before nor have I done it or do I know anyone that would do that and when I told her that she was like if you believe that the Lord is leading you to do that he's the perfect candidate for it I'm pr I promise you Bryson would would probably do very well um in a homeschooling environment you know and I'm like really so that was enough, right? So literally, we, I think it was September. So you know how you, kids go to school, and then they have all the little holidays. Well, we just left and never, never came back. We withdrew him um, during one of the, the holiday breaks. And we just we didn't go back. And um, when I got him home, okay, we let me let me let me say this. Each day, like we were when we were getting the reports, I could see that Bryson was changing. And that was the thing that kind of started to concern me because we would send him teacher would send us a letter. We would have these these talks with him. We had his godparents talk with him. Everybody was talking to him like, Bryce, you got to do better. And um, the one day he came home and he just looked so sad. And he was like, well, you know, mommy, did I have a good day today? And I'm like, why are you asking me if you had, you know, I'm thinking to myself, what, what is making him feel so, um, you know, so down? Like, <laughs> and it was us. We didn't understand what was happening. And, um, and he was in an environment that was not good for him. And so that was kind of like the final straw. That's when we knew, okay, it was time for him to come out. And when I took him out, I started to see my little boy light up again. And, um, you know, he got a chance to play and he would build things and create things here at home. And here I had no idea what homeschooling was. Um, and so... Now we have Bryson and then we have my um, baby girl who is two years younger than Bryson, right? And so um, we, we, we made the decision and we decided that we were going to um, we were going to homeschool him. And so everything after that 
was exactly what many of you are doing now. And I know COVID-19 has caused a lot of people to look into homeschooling now um, after dealing with what you dealt with last um, school year, kind of having your kids home for half the time or getting out of school early or whatever it was. Um, so that's um, that's kind of where we'll pick up now. So <laughs> my first couple weeks, right, after we made the decision and we're doing all these things, the first thing that I did was a lot of research, like many of you, online. I was looking into homeschooling um, on YouTube, looking at other families to see what it looked like. Like I wanted a picture of families at home teaching their kids like what does that look like what, what is, does it look like school does it look like you know what does it look like and so I went on YouTube and I um found you know found a bunch of families and I could tell okay no I don't want to do that no I'm not trying to do that okay this looks interesting so I did a lot of that then I went on Facebook and I joined um, as many homeschool groups as I could. I found a um, the Philadelphia African American homeschool group first. I think I found that group pretty early on. And I started, I joined that group and I would see the conversations and post. And I just felt so embraced from the time I said, you know, I made the decision to homeschool. This is what I'm working with. This is where I am looking to connect with other parents. It was just a love. And right now we have the best homeschooling community um, and so many moms, so many families, so many people that we um, fellowship with, hang out with, learn with. And I'm excited about that. Like that the community was is a is a big part of homeschooling. Right. So I did that. I also did a lot of research, right? So I started to look at statistics and um, how well homeschoolers do and what it can look like, all the different types of homeschooling and all of that. And so we're going to get into that in, in, in future episodes, but um, there were a few videos that really, really just inspired me and helped to shape my um, my mindset. And that's where I want to spend some time um, with you today, right, on mindset, because it feels like something that can be so overwhelming. You feel like you have to um, recreate the public school system at home. And listen, you do not have to do that. Homeschooling looks so different. Um, it looks different because your children are different, right? I can't tell you to do what I do because your kids don't need what my kids need. And what you have to know is that your children are a gift from God and you have the ability to train them up in the way that they should go. Um, you have that in you because they were given to you. And so just like the school district decides what the students are going to learn, what curriculum they're going to use, how the teachers are going to teach, what benchmarks they're going to set, right? The school district in a public school environment, they make that decision for you. In a homeschool environment, you get to make that same decision. And it boils down to a very simple, what do you want your kids to know? Right? So of course, you have your regular like your reading, your math, your, you know, your language arts, science, social studies, things like that history, you, you have your your subjects that you know, from school, right? And your job is not to be the teacher of all things. As a homeschooling parent, 
My job is to facilitate learning experiences. Do you understand? I facilitate learning experiences. That is different than I teach every subject, right? So I see some homeschooling parents, they buy the curriculum, they stand before their kids as the teacher, and from nine to three, that's what they do. I'm gonna tell you my homeschool day is probably maybe two, three hours, just to give you some perspective. (laughs) seriously they play more than anything and that's actually how they learn the most but I, I digress let me let me back up I facilitate learning experiences what does that mean I reach out to the homeschooling community and I identify um people and resources that my children can take advantage of to learn what it is that I want them to um, to learn, okay? So for example, for math, I'm not a math person, never have been. I got you on the one plus one equals two. No problem all day. One times one is one. I got you on that. That's the, the, the extent. <laughs> I am not teaching math and so what I did was I reached out to those in the community and um, for a while we belonged to a co-op which is a group that comes together to learn together a group of families that come together and usually the parents within the group um, take on a subject or something and teach all of the kids at one time but it's a collective of homeschoolers right and we come together meet at libraries at a specific time and that's what we do so you can look into a co-op. Um, they, I, I found a math tutor in our community and we set up to, you know, have a math session with him once a week and, um, and he would do the lesson and they'd have their homework and that's it. And that's, that's who we worked with. Some folks use, um, Kumon, right? And so they'll go there for maybe math and reading. And then the other subjects they may do at home. Now, because I'm starting early elementary, it's a little bit easier, of course, um, to, you know, to teach them and to decide on what it is that I want them to know. But, I say all that to say, don't put all that pressure on you. You're not, you don't have to teach it all. You can facilitate learning experiences, right? So let me go back. Like my daughter, right? My my baby girl, when she was two and three, you know, when we were doing colors and numbers and identifying numbers and things like that, we didn't use any worksheets at all. We played trouble, we played the, the game Trouble every single morning and she would pop the bubble and I, you know, I say, what number is that? She said, oh, that's three. And she knows that she's the red, you know, she's on the red team. So you move your red thing three times. So now you know that's red. You know how to recognize three and you count three, one, two, three. And I would play and I'd say, no, 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 don't move mine. I'm green. You're red, you know, or I'm blue. You're yellow. And so this is how she learned her colors, numbers and how to count because we started playing trouble um now in a in a um a school environment right in a kindergarten class obviously the teacher can't play trouble with each kid individually so she has to have a curriculum or she has to have some kind of um lesson mapped out that can teach 20 some kids at the same time when you're homeschooling you're not teaching 20 something kids unless you got 20 something kids you know so you get to decide how they learn what they learn and you get to customize it to something they actually want to do now just think for a minute about you sitting in school 
and all the things you learned, the things that you wanted to know were very easy for you to learn. The things that you did not want care for, you still don't know today. <laughs> That's just how that works, right? You can't, so um, that the homeschool gives you the freedom to customize the learning to your child, which makes learning fun, easy, and it helps them to retain the information. Do you understand what I mean? Um, and so that's that's one thing that I want you to, to know. Take the pressure off. You do not have to recreate the public school system in your house. You have the ability to facilitate learning experiences by using the community to, to find out about different classes, different courses, different groups that you can belong to. Um, for us, we have a science center or a nature center, actually, that's not far from us. And we participate in their homeschool enrichment um, program every single year and it's like science and everything balled up into one it's a two-hour enrichment class we take them to the nature center and they have a subject each week for six weeks drop them off it's a class full maybe 13 kids all different ages so that's the other thing about homeschooling your six-year-old gets to learn in groups with 11 and 12 year olds which makes their their experience so awesome right because one you'll see the changes in their vocabulary their ability to communicate with people that are both older and younger than them um, their ability to work cooperatively like together even though they're in totally different age ranges now in those classes of course they'll break it down so that the six-year-old understands it and that the the 11 and 12 year old understands it as well but the fact that they get to learn together it's almost like like it was back in the day like one one room schooling. I mean, it is just a very rich experience when they're not just in a class with all six-year-olds or all four-year-olds or all eight-year-olds. Um, they just get a, a more well-rounded um, experience. And so for the science class, um, which, you know, we consider it science, so it counts towards our science time, um, that the, the, the nature class is what they do. And they've learned pond ecology they've done um they've done creek water testing like to test the ph balance in the border i mean they've learned how to forage they've learned all kinds of things how to track different animals you know about animal shelters two hours we drop them off they have an instructor they get a packet of information they um, have questions and things that they can answer but they're learning and they're learning outside it's not in a classroom literally that nature class rain hail sleet or snow come prepared because they're out in the forest <laughs> like they're out um, in the forest in the in the woods um, near the lake like they they've learned canoeing they all kinds of things but again, it's a homeschool class. It's in the middle of the day. It's something that I found. Yes, does it cost 
yeah, it's it's a different it's a fee um, to attend. And, and we'll talk about that in future episodes, because there are ways, especially if you're a business owner, you know, you hire your children and you pay them and you let them pay for their own schooling. That's how we that's how we do it. Um, but that we'll get into that in a, in a future episode. OK, but for for you today, I just want you to be able to see that you can facilitate learning experiences for them and you don't have to have all the pressure of doing it all yourself okay that's one the other thing is um and the one thing that I was able to find out and discover early on and I'm so glad um was you know that the the homeschool community like I talked about earlier is very welcoming I mean in your experience with, you know, speaking with other homeschooling moms and families, what you're going to find is that people are willing to freely give you information, resources, stuff that they've used, uh, copies of the, the work that they use. I mean, there's just a, it's a, it's a community because we've all made a choice that's not really popular in our society. However, there are, you know, plenty of homeschooling families, um, but it's, it's, it's a community and um, one of the best pieces of advice that I got from um, someone when I was running around like okay I think we're going to do a Becca and then we're going to do time for learning and then we're going to do ABC mouse and then after that we're going to get the, the the A to Z and go on there and I mean, I was just all over the place trying to find curriculum, buy stuff, you know, pull it together. Okay, this is our math. This is our reading. I was just doing the most and I got some good advice. And my advice was, um, Serena, take some time to just de-school. Take some time to de-school. And I was like, de-schooling? What is that? It was the first time I've ever heard that. But I think you can, you can, you can understand what what it is, right? De-schooling um, is a very important part of the process, and I didn't know that. And honestly, the de-schooling is probably less for the child and more for the adult. Okay, de-schooling is more for the parent than the child. De-schooling is when you just take some time to just spend time with those precious babies of yours. And I will say what COVID-19 has done for many, um, many parents have gotten to learn their children, learn about their children, learn things that they did not know because the way the school system is set up, we parents are not spending a lot of time with their kids. So you don't know what they're really into. You don't know what they really like, what they really are exposed to. You just kind of, you know, kind of go through the routine and the regimen and the motions. And so I think COVID-19 has really provided an opportunity for a lot of parents to get to know their children, the good, the bad and the ugly. Right. So there are some things you probably are discovering just brand new the kind of friends they have, kind of communication they, you know, use the kinds of uh, influences that they are um, that they have. Like you're learning a lot about your kids when you're with them. And so part of the de-schooling process, um, especially for, for parents that are removing their children from school, part of de-schooling is just that de-schooling don't try to recreate school in a different environment take some time and just get to know them 
find out what they like and don't like find out what they're interested in learning more about just spend time together play some games communicate find a book that you both like that you all like um go out into you know parks and ride bikes and hike and travel do whatever but just take time to not do school in the traditional form of school (laughs) okay de school for a minute and just spend some time once I did that I started to really really understand my kids a lot better I did I started to understand what they real what their real interests were and everything and I was telling my husband when we first started I'm like Wow, one of my kids, um, one of the twins, was very much into basketball, right, from from a pretty early age. And I'm like, if I would have homeschooled her, like, I could have just, we could have just done all things basketball. We could have done the science of basketball, that counts, the math, math, bath, um, the math basketball, right, the history of basketball, the, the every, we could read about basketball, write about basketball, and make it all about basketball um, but still hit on all the subjects because it's something that she's interested in so it's easier to learn it when I'm interested in it right so um, that de-schooling process helps you to connect and just build relationship with your kid all over again and it's a beautiful thing it's a beautiful thing um and yeah so that was one of that was a great piece of advice that I um that I received and I told a um I told a parent that I was speaking to recently who has a beautiful very imaginative little girl um and sounds so much like my son I'm serious I was talking to her and I'm like that is my boy all all the way um and they have similar learning styles I found that um you know my my son is very much a right brain learner and what you find is most curriculum and certainly most of the public school system stuff is not right brain friendly it is left brain it is repetition it is you know rote memorization it is it's not for the the extremely creative visual learner (laughs) it's just it is very different um, and so when I found out he was a right brain learner, that like changed the game. We'll do that in another podcast episode too. I'll just talk all about that and some of the resources that I found. Um, but anyhow, let me back up. She was telling me about her daughter and how, you know, she has this great imagination and she doesn't really like to be told what to do, but da 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 da. So I gave her some ideas and it was similar to some of the things that I did with my kids. I gave her some ideas um, instead of going out and choosing what you think is best for them. Find out who they are, what they enjoy, what they like and don't like, and they'll tell you. That takes the pressure off of you. Because she was choosing all kinds of curriculum. I mean, a whole laundry list of, then I think I want to do this with her because she could really use this and use this. And it becomes more about you, the parent, than the child, right? So I, I gave her advice and I told her, I said, you know what? Since she's really imaginative, kind of like my boy is, you should invite her into your home office, you know, give her a note, tell her she has an appointment in your home office, tell her to get dressed for her interview 
and play along, be eight all over again and just make it into a whole big to do. Have our get dressed, come to the office and say hello. Um, thank you for coming today to your appointment. I just wanted to talk to you about a few things as we move into, you know, September and interviewer, like do a whole interview, but make it fun. Like, you know, some odd squad stuff, just make it fun with no, like, like don't sit there and say, okay, so what do you want to learn this year? Like just make it fun and get into the role, play the role with them. They will one, never forget that. And two, they'll be so much open, so open to, um, to telling you kind of what, what they want to do. And you can build a program around them and it won't be hard because it'll be something that they want to do. So I hope I've, I think I've drilled that enough guys, right? (laughs) So do what you have to do, but don't put so much pressure on yourself. The only pressure you have today is the pressure you create. You are not a public school system. You do not have to operate like a school board. (laughs) You do not have to go out there and go broke on curriculum. Just take some time, take a deep breath, right? The answers to things like, you know, what about socialization? Um, What if they fall behind? There are are very simple answers to all of those questions. Socialization, first of all, the only way that you cannot be social is if you live in a cave, on a mountain by yourself and there is nobody else around right school they tell you when as soon as you get there so you're not here to socialize you're here to learn right that is not socialization that happens in school that is something different (laughs) that is um and mostly indoctrination and um kind of cattle mentality right you just everybody move at the same time the bell rings you move teacher says sit you sit they tell you when to go to the bathroom they tell you when to change classes they tell you when to get your books out they tell you that is not socialization that is something different right and most of us if you just be honest with yourself and with god you hated it (laughs) so you didn't like it at all um maybe you did and if you did I you know I apologize but I did not like it um I did not like being told sit up sit down okay because I said so and this is the answer and that's it that was very difficult for me as a child but anyhow socialization you don't have to worry about one because once you find a good community you'll be socializing all over the place and two um, as you're facilitating these learning experiences your kids will become um, I mean they your kids will be able to hold conversations with adults and children alike uh, I promise you um, so don't you don't even have to worry about that you can still do your sports your ex- extracurricular sports if you go to church they're socializing with the kids at church if you're a part of a group Group or a band or family like don't worry about socialization you're not living on a cave by yourself okay so that's that what if they fall behind what if they get behind behind whom who who would they who would they be getting behind exactly behind whom so the school districts and the curriculum folks tell you that your kid should be here by this time and says who 
says who and and I'm telling you as you look into the different types of homeschooling and you kind of hear from other parents other parents experiences you will feel so more much more liberated I promise you my my son has been a reluctant reader from the beginning he is now nine years old he's been reluctant since five okay like I don't want to read. I don't need to read. I'm always with somebody that can read and I'm not interested in reading. I mean, and he, he was very, very clear <laughs> to us about that. And there was a lot that we did that probably would scare you to death. Like we didn't make them. And so recently, honestly, all of a sudden he's like, I want this chapter book and keep he, he's bought it. He got it from the store and hasn't stopped reading it yet. And that was going from I'm not interested in any type of reading to I'm reading a chapter book and I'm pretty much, you know, working on what you would consider grade level. And so every kid is different. My my other kids were not like that. Like, so, again, the only pressure you have is the pressure you create, my dear. Um, and so socialization is not going to be a thing. COVID-19, if you're homeschooling because you found that that's going to be the better thing for you to do um, due to what's going on in the world, um, you've already been well prepared for life with just your family and a few friends. <laughs> so you're going to be okay. Um but what else? I'm trying to think about what else it was that I wanted to put into this episode based on the questions. I think that's it. So I wanted to share with you how we started and why we kind of, you know, started. I wanted to share with you a little bit about the importance of de-schooling, kind of demystifying it, right? You don't have to invite that public school system into your house um, unless you want to. You can do, um, you know, cyber school or um, box curriculum that is something you know all of the, those are all there's a bunch of different options out there and um, we'll talk about that as the series goes on so I'll keep dropping um, episodes that are not as long as this one but they'll be on specific topics like um, the types of homeschooling okay we'll talk about that how you work and maintain um, you know businesses while homeschooling uh, we'll talk about raising kidpreneurs, entrepreneurs, right? Um, because that's something for me and my husband is very, very important. We're raising um, entrepreneurs or as my hashtag often says, we're raising arrows. Um, they are sharp according to the scripture, like arrows in the quiver, right? So um, we, we, are, we are excited to be able to, to, to raise arrows um, and shoot them to where they need to go. Um, so that, that's something we'll talk about, you know, the kidpreneurship thing. Um, we'll talk about how do you get buy-in from your spouse? If your spouse is not, um, 100% there, but you're there, how do you do that? How do you have that conversation? How do you help someone through that? We'll talk about that during this series. Uh, we have a couple things. Um, I'll share with you some of the resources that I use and some of the things that I've found to be very helpful as we homeschool. Um, we will talk about right brain learners a little bit because that was one of the more eye-opening things that helped me to understand how to teach my 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 kids and what what works for them. 
Um, we'll talk about high school. Like, you know, for us, we've already made the decision that we're not going to be putting our kids into the public school system at all. That is not our goal. Now, if something happens, then, you know, we need to put them in in eighth grade, ninth grade or something like that. That's uh, I don't want to think about that right now. That's not really something we have on um, on our radar. That's not something we plan to do. But um, either way, we'll talk about what it looks like to have high to homeschool um, all the way through high school into college. And I'll probably have a guest to talk about that with you and how they've done it multiple times. And um yeah, I think that's it. So hopefully this has been a little encouraging to you. And I um, I look forward to your questions, your remarks, your comments. Make sure you go and leave us a review. Leave me your questions and I'll be sure to get them answered during this series. Okay, so like I said, you can expect a couple different short video or short clips, um, podcast episodes on specific subjects as we move through this homeschooling series for the month of August. Um, That is all. I'll talk to you guys soon. You see there, I told you you were in for a treat. Is that incredible or what? I am sure that there was something said today that has you really, really thinking. And here's the deal. You can head right over to my website and I have so many good things for you, like specifically for you. Uh, we have a community of like-minded, faith-focused individuals that are ready to wrap their arms around you and welcome you. And I mean, we have freebies and goodies and all kinds of things. So head on over to serenathomas.com and that's where you can continue this conversation with us and really engage further, okay? And then also, if you are listening to this podcast today and you are like, girl, this is exactly what I needed. I need to know that. Okay, so send me a message. Certainly head over to iTunes and leave us a review. Make sure that you are subscribed or following this channel so that you're the first to know when new episodes are loaded. I'm so glad you took the time to join us and listen, don't be stingy. I know you have a family, friend, or follower that needs this today. So take a screenshot, post it, girl, or just share it. But I enjoyed every moment of it, and I can't wait to connect with you again next week on the BMW Life Podcast. Talk to you soon.